Hallelujah. We're just putting into practice some things we learned this week. Yeah. Amen? Amen? If you can't lift your voice and lift your hands amongst believers and fellowship, then it's going to be awfully difficult when you get home. Yeah, that's right. Come on. And that was our instruction we were given this week, to praise our way through it. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So let's do that. Amen. Hallelujah. We glorify you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We magnify you. We magnify you, Lord. We magnify you, Father. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Glory to God. Tell you what, praise will refresh you. It'll refresh you. You know, there's there's seasons. There's seasons in your life where uh, you know things seem to be more busy, more sometimes more hectic. You've got more going on, and uh, praise refreshes you in in every season, no matter what the season. And um, never never neglect. your time of praise. All, see, it's something you can do all throughout the day, yes. praising God. And uh, praise keeps your focus on the one who's going to bring it to pass. That's right. That's right. Praise keeps your focus where it should be, not where it wants to go. And we, we've heard, we heard last night, keeping our attention uh, on the right thing. And praise keeps your attention on the right thing. That's right. That's Amen. Right. So, uh, you know, neglecting praise is, is just as, as easy as we could say neglecting your answer. Yeah. Neglecting your help. That's right. Praise is a, is a help. And, um, you know, you've got to, you've got to get past uh, what it feels like to the flesh sometimes. Or you don't feel like praising. You don't feel like rejoicing. You don't feel like uh, there's anything to rejoice about. That's not the point. You know, the enemy wants you to think, well, why are you rejoicing? There's nothing to rejoice about, seemingly in the natural. But when you know the word, you know there's always something to rejoice about. Always something to rejoice about. You know, God's given us a promise after promise after promise. That's enough to rejoice about. And too many times people are, you know, boohooing and, and uh, uh, rehearsing to themselves their situation. And instead of taking praise and bringing that before God, they're, you know, they're, they're, bringing, um, they're bringing in prayer their situation to God over and over and over. But what they don't realize, that's all in doubt and unbelief. They're rehearsing to him and, and bringing to him, trying to get, you know, thinking that he can, you know, somehow move in that. And what it is, is it's out of panic. They're, they're coming to him out of panic. They're rehearsing to themselves. They're, they're talking about how they feel to God and telling God, uh, you know, listen, one thing um, that I love that pastors taught us 
is, you know, when you cast your care, you bring it before the Lord once and for all. Once and for all. So you bring it to him, you tell him, uh, you know, and you get specific. There's nothing wrong with getting specific with God. God, here's my situation. This is what I'm dealing with. Instead of running and getting specific with 15 other people, go to God and get specific. Then once and for all, leave it there. And then when you come back to him, come back with praise in your mouth. Come back with his promises in your mouth, rejoicing, rehearsing back to him who he is and what he's done and what he's going to do. Amen? Amen? And don't, don't get bogged down in, uh, you know... I, I, you know, I haven't seen anything happen, or this doesn't seem like it's working, or, you know, I, 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 can't, I can't feel a difference. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've heard people, um, you know, they'll, they'll come to you and they'll say, people in the church, I've heard them say, well, I just, I can't, I can't sense anything different. Well, I'm not looking for my senses to tell me something has changed. Don't look to your senses Stop looking to your senses, the five senses, to tell you something has changed. You know, don't look to, uh, you know, if you're, whatever you may be believing for, whether it's healing, uh, financial need, um, you know, maybe you're believing God for, for, uh, you know, children to come back, family members, uh, uh, friends, uh, you're believing for... um, you know, maybe you're going through a test and you need, uh, you know, Pastor Nancy's been talking about peace, uh, peace for your mind. Whatever you're believing for, don't look to the five senses to give you any kind of uh, uh, consolation or comfort. And oftentimes people are looking for the five senses to, to comfort them, you know, or they're looking for their spouse to comfort them. And uh, one thing I've learned, you know, my, my husband and I, we're just naturally very independent of each other. Uh, you know, that, that comes easy to us, <laughs> to be very independent. And so, you know, we have to more or less make an effort. Uh, uh, you know, we don't love each other any less, but we have to really make an effort to, to remind each other, you know, that we need each other. <laughs> You know, that, that we do need each other and that, um, that we can't make it. Honey, I can't make it without you, you know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and so we, we really, um, and we do. There, there's so much that he brings to me that I need and so much that I bring to him that he needs. And, uh, but, but we get it very independent. And some people, their natural makeup is very dependent. They're very dependent on maybe their spouse or... Or oftentimes we run into this. They're very dependent on um, on a parent. You know, even even a married. <laughs> we we've run into it. A married couple. One of the spouses can be very dependent still on mom and dad. And mom and dad feed on that. They they like that. You know, that's very touchy for some people. That's a very touchy issue because you can't step on relationship with mom and dad. And, and uh, you know, you're not here as a parent. I'm not here to make my, my, my kids, make my son solely dependent on me. I'm here to teach them how to become dependent on God. Yes. But parents get fed, and they, they don't like it when their, their children start becoming independent. Yeah. 
and don't need them emotionally anymore. And oftentimes parents can feed that emotional dependency, those five senses. So then even a 40-year-old, 50-year-old, they're still dependent on somebody to comfort them, to console them, to tell them what to do. Always looking for somebody to tell them what to do. Well, what should I do about this? Well, what should I do about this? Why, I've, you know, we've got, you know, folks uh, that, that seen in the church and they're, they're always dependent on somebody else to help get them through a situation. And so I appreciate that it, that comes easy to me to be dependent on God. But you need to recognize if, that, if that's not something that, that's uh, easy for you or you have a tendency to be very dependent on your spouse, very dependent on, on, a, on a parent, uh, you need to, and recognize that in your children. Some children just are more than others. And you've got to teach them, look, honey, you know, I'm not always going to be there. I will always be here for you, but you need to learn how to step out and learn to be uh, uh, dependent on, on God and learn to put your trust and learn how to access his flow, access his help, not just my help. And so, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, you see it, you know, pastors see it and they, they're, they're dependent and they're expecting their spouse to uphold them and pick them up and, and you, know, uh, you know, every morning you've got to go through the same routine, you know, the same emotional routine. Identify that. If that's you, say, you know what, that's me. I'm constantly, I'm, I'm at, every day I'm having to depend on somebody to, to pick me up and put me back in my happy place. You know? And, and that's not the way we're supposed to live our lives. <laughs> that's not the way you're supposed to live your married life. That's not what your spouse is there for. They're not there for, for you for that. They're not a crutch. God did not give you a partner in life for them to carry you. They're not to carry you through life. That, that goes for men and women. It's not just women. It's not just women. Men, you have to pick it up too. <laughs> Bring your A game every day. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm an athlete, and if, if, you know, if you didn't bring your 110%, uh, the other players didn't appreciate it. I'm sure your spouse, you know, gets frustrated if they're continue, continually having to bring their game and yours to the, to the table. You know, it's not fair. I'm just, I'm just, is this where we live? <laughs> it's where we live. And, uh, and so I don't, I don't ever want, you know, I don't ever want, you know, to be corrected and God to say, you know, he's doing all the work. He's bringing all the faith. He's bringing all the, the joy. He's bringing all the, you know, the, the kids, you're dragging everybody down. And sometimes there, there will be, you know, there will be times that you'll have to pick yourself up by the bootstraps and say, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've got um, uh, a girl on our staff, or I shouldn't say girl, she's a grown woman, but she, um, she's always telling, she's got six kids, and she's always telling them, you know, she's high energy, so she's always on them, telling them, you're not going to be the weak link today. 
so you better pick it up. I don't have time for this. You know, when one comes out crying, I don't want to go to school, you know, or I, I feel fat. You know, she's got girls. I don't want to wear that. <laughs> Can I get a shout out, Pastor Michael? <laughs> You know, she's, she's got three girls. Well, she's got three boys, and I've heard some of the same conversations. You know, I don't, I don't you know, and she'll say, I don't have time. And you're not going to be the weak link to this family. You're going to bring your supply to this family. So it's not too much to expect your kids and don't let them wallow in. My mother never let us wallow in. When I came home, she said this, he said that. You know, I don't feel like, you know, I don't feel like doing that today. Never, never. That was never allowed in our house. We were never, if I could say this, we were never allowed to act like girls. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? We were never allowed to act like high maintenance. And, 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 and there was just me and my sister. And, uh, you know, and, and my dad, he, he really, he didn't let us act like that either. You know, we were, we were dad's girls. We were also mom's girls, but they did not let us because she knew the detriment it would have down the road to our faith. It would weaken us. Right. It would affect our faith in such a way. It would affect us. It would cripple us if she let us be high maintenance. And so, you know, if you, have, if you have girls, if you have boys, and the more you let them be high maintenance, we don't even, we don't let Liam be high maintenance. You stop that whining. He's not even two yet. There's no whining. I'm not going to have you whine because as you get older, I don't want you being a whiny spouse, a whiny employee, needy, and dependent. Yeah. Oh. I mean... <laughs> We, we laugh, we don't laugh, but you know, you get in the office Sunday morning and sometimes you go, well, I had to do this number on Sunday because so-and-so was coming down the aisle and you just didn't feel like hearing their, their whine anymore. <laughs> you don't. You, you really don't. You've done all you can do. You've given them the word. You've, not just in the pulpit, but you've taken... You know, you, there's nothing wrong with sometimes individual. That's what a family's for. That's what a church family's for. Is if somebody comes in and, and we're here to encourage each other in the faith. There's nothing wrong with that. Nobody's asking you to be Lone Ranger. Okay? Right, 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 right. That's why we do have a church family. Amen. And we have one another. And we have fellowship. Yeah. But at the same time, if you come week after week and you're that needy, dependent, people are going to start avoiding you. Because you're 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 a life sucker. You're you know you're sucking the life. You're sucking the life instead of bringing life. You should be bringing life. And um and you know my I remember my parents you know saying there was always there's always somebody that that's worse off, not trying to bring the negative, but they were, there was, honey, there's always somebody that's got a situation that, that, that you're going to need to help them. So no matter what yours looks like, you always got to bring something, yeah. you know, and, and they demonstrated that 
you know, my mom being on staff, you know, she always, uh, you know, I watch her, you know, she was always putting out, always, you know, uh, whether it was for the pastors, helping them, whatever they needed, she had to be on her A-game because she didn't, you know, she couldn't come. So those of you on staff, on a ministry staff or department heads, don't come and, and be a, to, to suck the life out of your pastor or the other staff members. You're there to bring life, to bring, uh, uh, to let that river that's on the inside flow out to help. And so, um, you know, so I, I always, that always stuck out to me growing up because I knew when, when, you know, things were tight at home or, or, you know, things, you know, opposition had come to, to my, my family. But I always saw the example that was set before me with both my pastors and my parents was uh, there's always somebody that's going to need something from me, so I can't afford to come any less than my best or any less than what faith, uh, what faith, what God would expect of me. I've got to bring my faith for somebody else. I've got to have my faith up for somebody else. I've got to be ready to help somebody else, not to be a drain. And, uh, and she said last night, you, faith is on your face. It's on your face. It's on your countenance. It's, it's, people can see it when you're coming. Like I said, when you come in those two double doors, people can see it. Either they're going to come up to you or they're going to walk away. Come on now. Come on. You know, don't say you haven't done that (laughs) with somebody. Come on. And like I said, if you, if you come, you know, we come to, to a local church or we come, you know, when, when um, even with, with ministers, they get together and, and they need that fellowship, that encouragement. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, right. But there comes a point where you've got to step up for yourself yeah. and, uh, and be somebody that somebody else can go to. Amen. Be somebody uh, that others want to, uh, to that they're, they're glad to see at the door when you walk in. Amen. And uh, that you bring the service higher. Yes. Amen. You bring the service higher. Listen, we're all, we're all, you know, connected together, dependent on one another. As a church family, as a body of Christ, we're all connected. And so when you come and you've got something uh, to bring, you, you're tapped in uh, to, to the life that's on the inside of you, tell you what, that's, that it's much easier to get in one accord. It's much easier. Amen? And so uh, we, we want to be, I want to be somebody. I want to be somebody that's a supply to my pastor, that's a supply to my local church, uh, and not a, not a drain, and not a, um, you know, oh, well, what do they need this time? You know, so-and-so's calling, uh, put them through to my voicemail, you know, kind of, kind of people. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, because you know they're going to ask for counseling again. And, uh, you know, the, the gal she was talking about last night, um, Harmony, um, she, when I went in to see her, she, she had been bleeding internally. And I appreciated it because she called uh, one of our staff members' spouses, the daughter did. And she said, 
we just wanted you to know we're taking my mom into the hospital. She's bleeding uh, somewhere internally, and they can't find out what's wrong with her. That was the only message we got. Not a crisis. They didn't call. We have a member emergency line, and nine times out of ten, those who phone the member emergencies actually aren't members. They're people calling with emergencies, so we have no idea who they are. She didn't call the member emergency line. They didn't phone, you know, and say, we need to talk to pastor. That happens quite a, not quite a bit, but often. You know, can you have pastor call me? Can you have pastor text me? I need her. I need, I need to, you know, I need, I need to, um, to just tell her something. That's how they start. I just need to tell her something. And they didn't call. Here she was. She was bleeding pretty heavily internally. And, and she got to the hospital. And they said, we don't even know how you're even coherent. We don't even know. And she told him, she said, well, it's the life of God. It's working in me. That's what she told the doctor. And so no panic. And so when I went to the hospital to see her, she was sitting up in bed. She's in ICU. Mind you, ICU generally is very quiet. Uh, you know, it's critical situations. She was sitting up in bed, chit-chatting with the nurse. And, uh, and her daughter was sitting up with her. And when I walked in, oh, you know, just big smile, didn't look sick, did not look ill, did not look like she had uh, blood hooked up, they were having to pump blood in her, you would have had no idea. She, you, she looked like she could get up and just walk out at any moment. And uh, I appreciate it because when I came in, she didn't even address what was wrong. She just addressed what God was doing in her body. She just addressed what, was, what, what, what power was working in her. And I saw all, uh, she had Kenyon out, her Bible, Brother Hagen. She had all her books laid out. She had been feeding, meditating on the Word. So that when I came in, like she said, I left fortified. You know, I left feeling like I could take on just about anything at that point. You know, because when I walked in, she was, she was facing everything head on. She wasn't crying to her daughter. When I came in, she didn't start crying and, you know, how could, why did this happen? What are we supposed to do now? You know, does pastor know? She didn't, she never asked me, does pastor know? She never asked. Never asked. It never came up. I let her know that pastor knew. But she never asked me, well, did you tell my pastor? Did you, did you tell her? Is she praying? Is the, is the prayer group praying? Never asked that. She just faced it head on with the word. She showed up with the word. And, uh, and I, I couldn't help. I mean, I just sat there and just, I just said, I probably sat there for an hour and a half. And just let her tell, she began to tell me her testimony, how the word, she said, the word is like gold to me. It's life to me. Yeah. It's a treasure to me. Yeah. It's more than anything. You know, she began to tell me how, how important the word is to her. And she said, you know, and, and they're from Nigeria. She said, in Nigeria, it, it's so valuable to people uh, from our country because we don't have everything that the Americans have. She said, it, it, uh, we can never go without the word. I can never go without the the word. I can never go a day without being in the word and spending time with my father. It was rich what was coming out of her. I said, I want to be like that. 
I want to be that kind of person. Amen? And so you have to evaluate. Before the test comes, am I ready? How, am I, how would I respond if a test were to, if opposition were to come to me today? Maybe you're not going through, through anything. Maybe some of the, the things that have been taught this week don't apply to you right now. But it's not too late to say, okay, well, how would I handle that situation? Would I, you know, am I in a position that if, if, if a test were to come, I could lift my hands and praise immediately and know uh, uh, I've already got the answer? Or am I just kind of coasting and don't realize that I'm really not in a safe place? That if opposition or a test were to come, um, I'm not ready. I, I may not respond the way um, I, I, I should respond. Got to evaluate ourselves because the rain and the storms come to everybody. They come to everybody. And so I want to be ready before they come. I want to be, pre be prepared before the test comes and have everything, guns locked and loaded. So we would say the, your guns are locked and loaded, everything's on hand so that when the opposition comes, I just got to pull it out. I'm not trying to load up and where's my bullets? Where's, you know, where's my scriptures? What, what did she say? What did Pastor Nancy say when she was here at the church? Oh, I wish I could remember. I should have got the CDs, uh, you know. And then you're asking your neighbor, did you get that one service from, from um, Wednesday night? I can't even remember what scriptures. You know, you didn't take any notes. You, you know, that... This is preparation time. So for those of you who maybe aren't dealing with something, this is preparation time. And we're not saying in that in doubt and unbelief or in, in fear, but, you, but it doesn't hurt. You've got to be ready. And the devil's looking for people who aren't ready. He's looking to see if you're not ready. He's, he's, he's anticipating you not being ready. He would like for you to not be ready. I'm not going to give him anything more than I have to. I'm not going to offer up any part of my life and not have it uh, uh, secured with the word. Not my finances, not my body, not my family, not my marriage. You know, oftentimes, you know, and there's people, they're, they're, they're solid. I said yesterday, they're, they're solid in one area in their life, and they're solid on the word, but they've left another area uncovered. And they've not, uh, uh, they've not prepared and not um, uh, gotten ready for maybe an attack in that area. Like I said, it's not out of fear, you know, but make sure every area. You've got every area. You've got the word ready in every area. You're feeding your faith. Uh, you're feeding your, uh, your faith on healing, uh, uh, on, um, you know, your marriage. That's one thing that, um, you know, my husband and I have determined to do, that we've seen opposition, you know, come in our marriage. We didn't think that was going to happen. And when we recognized both of us, I remember one day we turned to each other and we said, this is just an attack on our marriage. And it was nothing, uh, nothing even, you know, right. major, right. no major issues. It was just the little things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the constant, we were, we were nitpicking and bickering and, 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 you know, both of us, and we were busy. The thing is, is it came at a time when we were very busy. We had a lot going on. 
And so in the midst of that, he kind of found a weak spot, and we recognized our marriage was the weak spot. We were, we were solid on finances. We were solid on the call for our lives. We were solid on what God had told us to do. We were moving forward. We were, you know, and that was the thing is we were so ready. We, things were changing in the ministry, and we were excited to move forward uh, with what, you know, I, I remember it was dad had just... Um, I think it was around the time when he said, okay, we're going to lighten up. We had gotten, you know, uh, uh, stirred up on the, the freshness of what God had called us to do, called the family to do. And so all these things were right. You know, we were believing God for some things with our finances. We were sought, we were um, uh, uh, wanting to, to have a, we were saying, well, we're ready to have a baby. All these things were good, except that we were so busy, we had neglected fortifying that area in our life. And so before we knew it, we were almost seemingly on opposite ends, and yet we were supposed to be on the same team. We were supposed to be, in faith, we were on the same team, but the devil had brought some division, and just through little things. And so here we are, on opposite ends of the field, when we should be, you know, running the race together. We were on two different, two different, we were in two different lanes. <laughs> and um, in that area, so now we've decided, we're going to keep that area fortified. We're going to stay on that. We're not going to let the, that area in our lives, uh, we're not going to leave an open door for the enemy. We're not going to leave it unguarded. Leave that door unguarded. You know, if you have a, a you know, a, a fortress or, you know, a castle, uh, it, it doesn't do any good to pull up the drawbridge and have, you know, have your soldiers ready and waiting for those, you know, coming up to the moat. If you've got the back of the castle, every door wide open. You know, you've got every, you know, you got nobody in the back and all they have to do is sneak attack from the back. And so he's looking, where can I sneak attack? Where can I get them that they're not you know, their marriage isn't fortified or they've, you know, their, their, uh, their, their, their faith isn't fortified uh, concerning healing or concerning, you know, uh, whatever area it is in your life that you find maybe, you know, I need to, I need to take a little more time on that. And so uh, we want to stay fortified in every area. The word helps you. We said yesterday, it, it's power. It's power. His word, his instruction to us is power for us to use. Amen. And, uh, and so I don't want to leave any area unfortified. I don't want to be weak in any area. You know, weakness in one area will always breed weakness in another area. Weakness doesn't stay in one area. You know, if you're overcompensating, you have a hurt, you have a hurt ankle and you're overcompensating with the other leg, eventually this leg becomes tired because they're having to carry. They're having to carry the work of this leg. And so this leg becomes tired. So weakness, it just starts spreading. So I don't want to leave one area uncovered where the, the enemy can come in and attack, and it's been uncovered, it's weak, it's not fortified with the word, and then it starts spreading to other areas. Amen. And, uh, and so that's what we've, we've heard this week, how to keep ourselves prepared, how to, how to not only get through opposition, but how to be prepared 
before the opposition comes. Amen. And uh, and one one thing I know is um, we've been hammering over and over just in our family uh, with with those of us the me and Stephen and and Grant um, and uh, the three of us have ha- had to do as well as them is up some things in our life and one of those has been praise. We've had to make a conscious effort Amen. as a family to praise, Amen. you know, because of the attacks that have come. And we were, we're all aware of it. We're all aware of his devices. Nobody's been ignorant. We're all on the same page as a family. We're all aware, you know, we're all old enough to be aware of, you know, the strategies that he's tried to work because he's trying to come against us to get to them. You know, so speaking to those of you uh, ministers' kids, you've got to be aware of that. You've got to know, he'll try to, if you're not fortified for yourself, and that's what I was saying earlier, you've got to be ready for yourself because he will come to try to get to your parents. He will come to you. He'll come to you to try to uh, uh, create weaknesses in, in the family. And uh, we're not going to do that. We're not going to be. We're not going to be the weak link. You know, we have a responsibility to bring our our A game to the family, to bring our best, to bring our faith supply. They've taught us. We have a supply. You've got to understand. Those of you who uh, have children in the ministry, they have a supply. Those of you on staff, you have a supply of faith to bring, not just the head. And they can sense it. They can feel it. When you're not bringing your faith, when you're not bringing your supply, they can sense that. And so, you know, those of you who are are, uh, minister's kids, understand this. There will come a day when uh, mom and dad, they're going to need your faith. They're going to need your supply that you have to bring to the family. Amen? And uh, and, and we've determined, the the three of us, we're not going to be the weak link. We're not going to be the open door that the enemy can get through uh, to, to hurt, you know, or to damage in any way the ministry. You know, if anything, we, we should be standing in front, standing in front of them, you know, taking, taking things uh, and handling things before they even get to the head. You know, I'll take this, I'll t- we'll take this on, Dad. We'll take this on. We'll handle this with our faith. Amen? And that's an o- that is always, that's something we've settled. That's always going to be a role that we have. That's always going to be a responsibility that we have. And it's a pleasure. It's an honor. It's an honor. Those of you who, who are in ministry, it, you're, teach your children, it's an honor. It's an honor to serve mom and dad. You know, those of you who are on staff with a ministry, honey, it's an honor that I get to work and serve for my pastor and serve the local church. It's an honor. It's not a negative. It's not a less than. We're not missing out on anything. We're not, you know, uh, uh, we're not having, you know, just because we, we maybe have to put in a little more time than everybody else, that's an honor to do. That's an honor that God would, would see me fit and responsible and, and count me faithful yes, amen. to have that. Praise God. 
that responsibility. So it's an honor as, as the, the children of ministers, it's an honor to be able to, uh, to stand with them in the ministry and help them and bring our supply to them. And you know, Steve and I, we've said, you've heard doctors say, if the church needs carpet and we need carpet, the church gets the carpet. My husband and I both have said, if the ministry needs our faith and something in our own life needs our faith, he's going to get our faith first. He's going to get whatever, we, whatever he needs our faith on, that comes first. comes first and we're blessed we we're not we're not losing out we're not missing out you know we're not having to say well what about our needs what about the things you know we we desire it'll all get taken care of he'll take care of it amen he gets our faith so uh those of you who you know um, who may be going into the ministry or you feel called and you have children and, and you, you teach them, it's an honor. It's an, it's honor. an honor and a privilege. It's a, privilege. it's a wonderful life to have. And you've got to stay fortified. Mom and dad cannot stay fortified for you. They cannot, you can't ride their faith forever. <laughs> and that goes for everybody. You can't ride, you can't ride anybody's faith. A spouse, a parent. Amen. Amen. Well, that was a good family talk. (laughs) Amen. Amen. These are the things that affect our daily lives. You know, I mean, I'm not against it, but I mean, I, I don't, I can't come in and talk about the second coming of Christ. I wouldn't quite know what to say regarding that, but I can certainly tell you how to keep your family solid. Stay solid on the word. The supply we're to bring to our pastors, uh, to our, our, our ministries, those of you, you know, I just, I can't emphasize that enough to ministers' kids to uh, always be sensitive to the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost will show you what they need. They may not say it. They may not come out and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this. They may. You know, we're, we, we talk. We, we'll say, oh, I'm, I'm dealing with this. And, and uh, you know, and they've helped us uh, in encouraging us because we find that we're going through some of the, th- the same things they're going through. But if you follow the Holy Ghost, you'll know when to be able to do things for, for your parents. Those of you congregation members, you'll, know, you'll be, if you're sensitive to the Holy Ghost, you'll know when to do something for your pastor, when to, when to bless them. You should always be blessing them. But, but those of you who are in ministers' families, uh, you know, don't just think uh, mom and dad can carry it all. They're not there to carry it all. You're there, there to help carry it with them and be a supply to them. Amen? Amen. Amen.